0: Craggy Rugby Podcast: uh, The Emergency Edition. Even though it's also the Treviso home match edition. Yeah, we'll have a little bit on Treviso later in the podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, and is this recording is coming to coming to you on a Monday afternoon from the Huntsman, actually down the road from the sports ground, because something's happened. Alan Deegan, welcome on. Hi, Rob. And that something is not very positive. <laughs> if you didn't get from Alan's voice, William Davis, welcome on. Hello, Rob. Well, he was always positive, especially at times of crisis. <laughs> Except if it's on the ferry and it's getting choppy. But outside of that, he's positive at times of crisis. And this is a bit of a crisis based on the timing of the announcement of Pat Lamb to leave Connacht Rugby at the end of the season. It came out when myself and yourself, were in going by FM Studio, just trying to get our gear sorted for Sunday's match with was.
1: Yeah, the most important thing was trying to figure out how to get three sets of headphones to work correctly and in line. And 30 seconds later, the headphones had been forgotten.
0: Hope we actually sorted all that out before we left. But yeah, that news broke. It was absolute bombshell. I think this is the bombshell of all bombshells that have been associated with Connacht rugby because no one saw it coming, including Bundy Aki by the looks of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, his 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 tweet got a fair bit of reaction. All right. Um, yeah, and, and you, you can understand it, you know, it's, it's, um, it just sort of really blows everything out of the water, you know, player attention from, you know, there's an awful lot of players, I think there's only two of the front five who are currently contracted past the end of the season, so, um, you know, and, and so yeah, it's going to have a huge impact all, all around.
0: I've just as we record this live in this lunchtime, I just, with, with like five minutes' notice, I tweeted out, uh, we're recording an emergency podcast if you have any questions, and I've already got two or three coming in, so the people that are on Twitter right now. Just, I'd say Connacht fans just don't know where to turn. They want to talk. They need, they need a phone-in show. Joe Duffy's phone-in show needs probably has more national interest, but I'm sure Connacht fans want to take it over.
1: Yeah, it is a shock. I think the there was a realisation that Pat Lam wouldn't spend the rest of his career at Connacht there has to be an issue about the timing of this something has gone wrong in the timeline here because we're just about to play our two biggest games of the season back to back uh, the biggest game so far and this is really going to knock the socks off everybody we have a massive game next Sunday in Wasps we've got a huge game the following Saturday here against Wasps and then 2 interprovincials. but professional sport, things can happen really really quickly and there's there's so many different parameters to this that keeping control of it is, is very difficult and but the timing is, is not good
0: coming up on this week's podcast uh, a little bit later because we do want to take some of the stuff we did a lot of recording after the Treviso game that we thought was going to be very relevant on the Tuesday afternoon but it isn't now and um, But that said, Alan was speaking to John Fallon about his new book. We'll also hear from Pat Lam post-game in that contest because we've got a Wasps game ahead of us and, you know, there's on-the-field stuff that's really, really important. But as you understand, we're going to focus on this for a little while, including questions from Twitter as we get them in. Alan, first of all, we're just starting to get the first reactions. Stunning stuff, really. Um, Really just floored by it. And it's all about the timing. This is a huge week for Connacht Rugby. Wasps, home and away. Away and home to give it the the accuracy there.
2: Yeah, I suppose it comes from the fact that you know because he's going to Bristol, who are owned by a, a multi or a billionaire called Mister Lanza, Peter Lanzan. I think his name is, and, and those guys don't care about time. And his his team lost at the weekend again, which means they're probably going to be relegated. So he wants to get some good news out there, and so you know, he's not going to wait around for anybody. He, he's a man who's used to you know getting whatever he wants because he's he's got loads of money. I think he's the the richest guy supporting a club in in Europe at the moment, as far as I understand it. Uh, from the financial services, you know, um, world. So, yeah, he wants, he wants to get his good news out and he doesn't care about anybody else.
1: Well, if he's the richest guy in Europe supporting the club, he's the richest guy in world rugby because there's, there's no money anywhere else in rugby. Um, he's, look, Bristol are in a mess. At the bottom of the Aviva Premiership, the coach is suspended. Uh, he hasn't been fired, Andy Robinson, ex-England player, Scotland manager and various other locations. He's not allowed to go to the ground. They have a temporary coach, Neil Bainton. Tim Tim Bainton. Bainton. (laughs) Uh, He's there (laughs) uh, temporarily holding the reins but they're going to be relegated so they're they're going back down to Division One, Championship Rugby. So he needs to placate the fan base. He needs to try to keep uh, advertisers and sponsors I know it's his club and, and it's a huge he's a very wealthy man but there's a whole group of people who are very interested in what's going to happen to Bristol Rugby so he probably just said well I'm going to announce this and you're going to have to be on side with it because I'm not holding back
0: Thoughts uh, it makes sense. What, Some people say, why would you go to a team that are getting relegated? I think Newstalk tweeted out there he's leaving a Pro 12 champions for a team that are heading to relegation. I think missing the point of what Pat Lamb brings to clubs. I think he's looking at Bristol. Huge population compared to Connacht as a city. Huge tradition, as you were pointing out to me, as a rugby club. And what did he do with Connacht? He took a team that had never won anything and made them win something. He's not worried about them getting... even. He's not even worried if they get relegated. It's a long-term project.
2: Yeah, and looking at their press conference, the Bristol, the Bristol press release, they, they talk about creating a culture... You know, the stuff that he talked about when he came here, creating a culture, creating an environment that's going to lead to success. So maybe, you know, I I know an awful lot of money's been pumped into the club over the last three or four years. It took them three attempts to get out of um, League One in in the UK. Um, They spent a lot of money on players, and now they've lost nearly every game this season. I think they have lost every game this season. Um, And they're they're going straight back down. So they've realised that it's not players, it's about putting the right culture and place in so that, you know, there's no better man
1: in the world to do it than Pat Lamb because he's just proved to Connacht. I think it's a huge challenge. Um, the, well, Pat Lamb has played in the Aviva Premiership, so he's he understands how it works. But the Championship over there is is a real dog fight, and it's a challenge. And he, he maybe he's just looking for a new challenge. He just wants to do something different. But it still looks a slightly odd move. You've, Connacht next season with a bit of luck will be playing Champions Cup rugby and Bristol will be trekking off to Doncaster and Cornish Pirates and Ealing Trailfinders, and Not
0: for definite, but more than likely. It's
1: It's almost certain. It's almost certain, because they're in free fall. They they could turn it round. They had three unsuccessful attempts at coming out of the championship. They're not as big... They're a a big enough club. They're not... I think they're the poor relation of Bath and Gloucester and have been for a very long time uh, in that area. Uh, Bristol is a sporting city with a big tradition, um, two football clubs, City and Rovers, uh, used to be a very successful speedway team back in the 1960s. It's, it's an interesting place, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's the biggest city in that area of England, but it probably hasn't quite got to the level of sporting excellence that they'd expect. This chap, Mr. Lansdowne, seems to have money in one of the football clubs. I've forgotten which one. Bristol City. Bristol City. And he also has money in Bristol Flyers, who might be ice hockey team.
0: They probably are. Even I don't know that, and I love ice hockey. Um, so, don't follow the British hockey league, have
1: you think? it's just an interesting... It's obviously come along at the right time in Pat Lamb's mind, but the timing... That I I just I can't get over this timing because.
0: It's so bad. It is so bad. I mean, if Pat Lamb left at the end of the season, someone said, like, I think Simon Thomas from uh, South Wales Evening Echo, I think is who he writes for, and has tweeted me, said, was well, this not always inevitable that suitors would come looking for Lamb? That's not what we're talking about. December, before our biggest Champions Cup game of all time, it's just a disastrous time to announce this.
2: From a Conic perspective, but from a Bristol oh, no, perspective.
0: No, we understand that, but That's we're just saying, perfect. and we're not necessarily criticising Conic by saying no, that, we're just no, saying the reality.
2: Any, yeah, I don't think that had any control over
0: No it. control whatsoever, and Bristol understandably yeah. don't care, no. but it is a nightmare for us.
1: Bristol just needed a bit of good yeah, news. They've understand just, that. They've just got their good news but package. How do,
0: how do we even start to, like, this is going to affect the team's performances? It has to. It could have, there's a small chance it could have a positive effect and drive them forward, but it has to have some effect on that interestingly
1: situation in the dressing room is you've got two issues. You've got respect and authority. I don't think there's any chance of Pat Lamb losing anybody's respect. But when somebody says they're leaving any organisation, whether it be a bookshop or a professional sports team or Murphy Centre in Robe, you've got a situation where authority does change. It just becomes a different parameters, There's, people don't know where to go to get definition of what they're doing it'll be a confused situation because everybody sportsmen always look to the future and now they have a situation where the future is not mapped out for them and it's, no matter how good you are at managing this issue it's going to cause problems See, this is the other slight difficulty is he's, he's going to be here till next May this is only december so there's there's so much rugby to be played we've just worked out that there could be we might have to do 20 podcasts we've just been counting them out to work out how many we do for the rest of the season so there's a, there could be 20 games there's 19 20 games of rugby to be played um, so but this is going to hang over the whole rest of this season if this had been announced in march or april totally different context because there would be much less of the season to go but it's well. It is what it is, which is something that Pat says occasionally when he's been asked to discuss something. So they're just going to have to get on with it. Obviously, this work has got to now start to find a replacement. Um, that's going to take time. You, you've got to try to get the right person. There are there are people within the organisation that'll be putting their names forward. Um, but, but that's disruptive because that again changes the, just the dynamics of any relationship when, when you've got this going on and people are trying to concentrate on rugby. I mean, it's, it's a week to week. They're, they're playing now continuously up until the first week in February. Then they have a small break and then it's full on again. There, there isn't space in there. And what's, what space there is has to be used to get ready for the next game.
0: Pat, in today's press release Willie ran, thanked Pat and, and his fan, wished his family all the best I Said Connacht Rugby has made a huge amount of progress over the last number of years with Pat building on the great work of those who went before him and we remain extremely confident and excited about the future as a club we will immediately engage with our professional games board and the IRFU with respect to starting the process of recruiting our next head coach I have to say in a press release or anywhere outside of some books on Connacht Rugby that's the first time I've heard about the professional games board being mentioned for years a couple of years
2: it certainly is, but they—they've they, been doing their job in the background. Uh, you know, they—they—they've they, helped bring a lot of the success that, that was in there. They, you know, from the moment they they got on board or the professional games board was put into place, we—you know—we had the clan stand built. We had, you know, um, players were being signed, and with Pat obviously Pat Lamb was signed. You know, an awful lot of good stuff happened around the the, the PGB, and it's great to see that they're still in existence.
0: John McGreevy on Twitter. You're going to read out the Twitter question in a second, but he just said, "I'm expecting the first 20 minutes of your podcast to be just stunned silence." Yeah, we've edited all that out. Trust me, we sat here for quite some time.
1: Yeah, I think there was a deep breaths all round this morning. It was. Uh, it was.
0: Did you think he was going to stay for for five years? Yes. I yeah. did too once he once he committed to it I thought yeah he's gone for certain after five years you,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought so as well yeah like I came out of a meeting I was in a meeting and, and someone said to me you see Pat Lamb's gone I went yeah right and I quickly whipped out the phone and Twitter had exploded so I went oh my god um, that's and why are, we're stunned yeah
0: and, and, and are we naive
2: uh, no absolutely not like we did the canteen and I was saying it to someone else you know who's, who's a rugby fan and they were going I don't believe it and someone who's not a rugby fan and has no interest in rugby whatsoever went no way no they can't have lost Pat Lamb this is someone who has no interest in rugby whatsoever that, that you know this is massive massive news I saw it was you know one of the top three stories in the Irish Times I saw it as I came down here for this meeting at lunchtime there was TV TV cameras setting up in the sports ground to sort of do interviews this is Unbelievable news, and there was there was no history of this. There was nothing. I, I had a quick check on Twitter to see if anyone knew rumours. I think the rugby paper in the UK had his name with two or three other names mentioned yesterday. I think Stuart Lancaster was named in there. I think Kleiner Camero was named in there for possible new coaches, because you know obviously with with um, Andy Robertson being suspended, that was obviously happening. But to happen this fast, it was just out there amazing is stunning news
0: and bear in mind it is a, it is the club that did the most daftest decision in the history of head coaches by suspending their head coach on performance I mean that is a club that if they're talking about culture well begin with your head honchos and your decision making and your management processes because the culture stinks if you, if you suspend the coach instead of A firing him that's fine that's part of the game but it was nonsense and they look like fools suspending a head coach um...
1: They, they, they don't. They, they, they're, they're, they they're an organisation, as opposed to a team that I think has has been asked a lot of questions over the last couple of years, just about their lack of performance, their failure to get out of the championship. They made a mess of playoffs, and. I think they're... They, the fact, that they're also playing at one of the soccer grounds, I think. Yeah. There was
0: some crowd trouble at one of the games few weeks ago. They've had lots of bad stories around them. This is the first good story now. In fairness, it is a good Yeah, story. well,
1: it, it, look, it's a, it's, it's a good story for them. Um, and it's a good story for Pat Lamb. He's a professional sportsman. And his first duty is to look after himself and his family and his career. That's the way professional sport works. And it's... There's no difficulty with that. Um...
2: Actually, that's, that sort of leads into one of the questions, is do we have a, a right to feel annoyed? You know, and that's, I don't that's,
0: think we've expressed any annoyance so far. No,
2: no, no. No, no but that's a question. Like, no, that's do true. we have a right to feel annoyed? And that's what you're just saying, that you know, this is a professional sport.
1: Yeah, I think the, 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 the only issue is, and this is the one that's just going to keep bouncing around, uh, we're due to be at a press conference on Wednesday to discuss the game against... Wasps, yes, wasps for playing. <laughs>
0: In the <challenge>, Champions <laughs> Cup.
1: Champions Cup, yeah, because what's going to happen on Wednesday is the whole press conference is going to be uh, about Pat Lamb leaving, and the issue that everybody's going to keep talking about is timing, timing, timing. And that, yeah, that, no, I'm not I'm not happy with that. I just think the timing is is wrong. I know there's never a good time. Who are you
0: not happy at?
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I, I don't know who... To,
0: you're not going to blame Connacht. You're not going to necessary, as you've expressed, not blame Bristol or you'll understand it.
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of circumstances, but I'm a little surprised that it couldn't have been nuanced a bit better, um, with a little bit of a better spin. Um, Christmas Day, now that would have been a good day to bring it out, Mm. when everybody was more worried about Santa.
0: What did they used to say on the West Wing? Take out the trash day. They should have picked out a take out the trash day, where they could have, uh, well you'd never bury this in any headlines.
1: Yeah, but
2: again, I don't think Connacht have any way of controlling this. None whatsoever. This came from the UK. This came from somebody I have absolutely no control over. And yes, it's terrible news and it's terrible timing, but I don't think there's anything we could have done about it. You know, And this is money talks. Yes. This she- is when it comes down to money talks and money's talking here. Whether you know, And, and fair play to Pat, if he's going to be able to look after, I think he has every right to go and look after this. Are you looking at Ron Ragara, Yes. That's what I was looking at.
0: Stuart Lancaster, Ronan O'Gara, Bernard Jackman, why and then you, within why? the camp, and and I Nigel Garland and I don't understand, Jimmy understand
2: I don't understand the Bernard Jackman. One. I really don't. Yeah, but it's his a name's going to like come Eddie up. O'Sullivan. Yeah. Why? Why? Just because he was contact, he was he involved with us before. They are bottom of the league. They've won two games this year. The whole season in Grenoble. I like. I've a lot of time for Bernard and everything, but is he the man to bring us further?
0: His name's going to come up because he's a professional coach who had a great success up until this season.
1: Yeah, this is Luke Fitzgerald's take on things. Funnily enough, he hasn't actually thought about any of the people that currently are coaching in Connacht because probably he doesn't know who they are. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Which is where we get to Nigel Carroll and Jimmy Duffy Who yes. are both able replacements They may well be part of a team a team That comes together Dan McFarlane's tied up with Glasgow um, So I That's think we cool. can rule them out straight away And Scotland yeah, right. exactly. um, So I don't think he's going to be in, in the shake-up so, But I know you're going to start banging the drum For what we have inside Look at what we have here yep. Still though, Stuart Lancaster Seriously.
2: Uh, I I, I, I have no issue with, you know, look, things change. We've got a load of coaches. We've been brought through the system. We've got a very successful system in Connacht at the moment of how we play the game and how we want the game played. So we need to make sure whoever comes in can bring it on, not come in and just... Blow it away and go back to some old way of doing things. It's still too early, you know. You know.
0: It's way too early. I mean, we were, we have to bring up those names because they're all over yeah. Twitter and and there's everyone.
2: Rod, Rod is the most interesting one. I see. I have to say, be, it would it would just be brilliant to have someone like Ron Rogare here. It certainly make life an awful lot more interesting. It
0: certainly would. The press conferences would be fun. Not that
1: Pat's press conference are uh, But Yeah, there was... A, l- a little bit less I think processing. there was a guy somewhere yesterday, an English uh, lower league football manager, basically said to people like me who ask questions, you're a clown, you're starting to annoy me now, stop talking. Um, yeah, so yeah, I can see Mr O'Gara coming on that. Yeah, look, it's far too early to do that. There's a, there's a whole process here of contracts and stuff. And quite interestingly there is a, there's a Connacht player sitting behind us here having his lunch I'm not going to name him but he's he keeps looking over at us and he's obviously thinking I bet those guys are talking about Pat Lamb's yeah, resignation yeah. or the Mayo GA podcast I don't know why do you think it- one of the questions that comes up will players leave and who's who's out of
0: contract what do we know there's
2: a whole whack uh, um, in the front five the only two players contracted after the season in the front five are Finley and Ulton everybody else is out of contract
1: and of course they're both Irish internationals so they're They're looking at a different career progression, perhaps. Uh, I I often feel if you if you become a regular in the Ireland setup, your provincial position changes as to what you need out of your provincial rugby, because you're going to be under the control of central management, games you play, time, minutes. So that's that's it's. These are all questions. Any more
0: questions from Twitter, Alan, just before we link to. Actually, we'll come back to that. Here's a snippet from the match. It's very short, folks, but we, we do need to mark the fact that this is the Treviso podcast Connect 1 by 47 points to 8, I think it was. Yes, it was. Seems like weeks ago. Uh, here it is Alan and William taking you through the game.
2: This is a, a vital one, William. We had a good win last
1: week, but we need to continue it. Yeah, I need five points this evening a nice uh, 3 o'clock start good crowd ends up as a sold out game which is probably a first for Treviso. and um, I think they will win this tonight they would expect to, Treviso have gone through a very lackadaisical warm up, don't know what, what that means exactly, wasn't much intensity in it and uh, I think everybody's expecting Connick to get the job done here
2: They are and everyone's really looking forward to Mr. Boshoff making his full debut from the start he looked pretty exciting last week
1: yeah, there's a lot of guys there who've got some miles under their belt now after last week, and you'd hope they'll be able to s- step up again. Uh, but Marnitz Boshoff is the guy everybody will be watching. He's gotten a start here. You've got to feel that the starting position for the next two Wasps game is also open.
2: OK, we'll talk on 20 minutes as the of team head into the dressing room, and hopefully we'll have something good to talk about. William, just on 20 minutes, we've got a scrum that's taken at least 2 minutes so far hard to get going, uh, Connacht lead 7 points to 3, good try from Tom McCartney
1: Nice try by Tom McCartney it's pretty insipid stuff, it's half-paced, people walking around uh, on the field, it just hasn't really got going at all yet and Conic just running down the, the yellow card now to Cian um, Kelleher so um, yeah, they'll be happy enough, both sides have had a bit of possession in the 22 but um, so far it's a bit of a phony war
2: it is. Just want to give full credit to Ian McKinley for jumping back up after taking, you know, he, because Kelleher took him out completely and he just jumped back up. I think if he'd been injured or faked an injury, I think Kelleher might have seen a red, so fair play to him. Yep, absolutely. Good call. Which we'll had again a half time. <laughs> okay, William. Half time. Bonus points secured. 28 points to three. Not much of a match, really.
1: No, it's, it's not. Uh, I'm afraid Treviso aren't up to very much, and Connacht are just doing enough of um, tries for Tom McCartney and then Dennis Buckley getting in. So front row union making their mark on the scoring sheet. Um, it's it's what you want, but you, you might have hoped that it would be a slightly better game for the crowd that's here. And just the, the thing Connacht have got to be careful of in the second half is that they don't just lose concentration. I don't think Treviso are any threat to them whatsoever. No. but you just want to keep them you want to, you want to keep your flu- fluency because it could get really messy especially when the subs all come on
2: Yeah, we'll talk again on 60 Minutes because there's not much else to say OK
1: William, 60
2: Minutes this non-entity of the game is now 40 points to 3 to Canucks. Um the bench has been unloaded, let's hope no one gets injured
1: Yep, that's all you can hope for now. they've kept their shape quite well in the second half I'd have to say Treviso really <laughs> have probably got worse instead of better. Half time didn't seem to do very much for them. And uh, this is just going to run out to full time now. A matter of keeping your shape. A couple of guys have come on. I mean, the slow place is up for grabs, but sort of sort of, sort of feel the job is well done. And uh, it's just a matter of closing it out. It is indeed. We
2: talk again in full time. 47 points to 8. Um, good win but we had a bit of a worry with Marnus coming off injured with about 7 or 8 minutes ago
1: Yeah that's a slight concern we finished with 14 um, so he hasn't played rugby for a long while and uh, it was a reasonably physical game at times but it's sort of over and I've almost forgotten it it only finished about 5 minutes ago um, they did what they had to do they got the bonus point they did, hopefully haven't picked up any injuries but that's just a bit of a strain thing for him and everybody's attention now turns to Wasps. Quite what this says about Treviso and what they're trying to do, and it's, it's, it just gets harder and harder to make any sense. They were really poor today. We didn't see how bad they were against Munster last week. They had a stronger side out today than they did last week, but they really offered very, very little.
2: They certainly did. I don't think we learned a whole hell of a lot about anything today, but it was great to get the win, and it's you know two wins on the bounce before we hit Wasps. So, looking forward
1: to next week. Oh, absolutely! Whole different ball game, different, different atmosphere, totally different match setup. The rest of this month now is wasps, wasps, Ulster and Munster, and that will bear no resemblance to what we've just watched for the last uh, hundred minutes or so. No, no, certainly not. <laughs>
0: Okay, we'll keep the links going, and right at the end of this podcast, we're going to have some more questions on Twitter. Uh, also recorded, John Fallon, Connacht Rugby, the team that wouldn't die. That's his book. He's announced it. He's released it. He said we were at the launch on Thursday. There's a launch in Dublin this week. Alan, you were talking to?
2: him? I was indeed. Yeah. Um, it was it was a great evening. It was a super evening. There was must have been 200 people there at it, and there was a real buzz about the place. Um, you know, a lot of faces I haven't seen in a while. Uh, and, and it was just a real good buzz about you know the quality of the book because it is a good book. There's some fantastic photographs in it, and it's it's a great combination of you know the history of Connacht, the history of last season, and then the, the, the photography that goes with it. So you, you, it brings you into the whole thing. Um, yeah, I, and and John was John was pretty excited, and I think he was delighted how well it went.
0: Recorded last week at the launch of the book, which was in the dull Bar
2: So I've got the author of the the excellent Connacht book, the, the team That refuse to die, Don Fallon, here at the the launch. What a successful launch, John!
3: Oh, it's been it's absolutely fantastic. What a crowd, you know? It's yeah. it's, it's it's fantastic, and it, it in many ways it's just really. In many ways, it reflects the response we've had over the last few weeks, right throughout the province. Mm. And you know, the distance people travel tonight. Johnny O'Connor coming from North Donegal to launch it. Noel Mannion leaving a very busy business in in Ballinasloe coming in, and people from all all quarters. Even some got off the Aran Islands to come in, and there's no ferry, <laughs> as you <we> know, <laughs> at the moment in that, but. It's been fantastic, but it really reflects what we've been picking up on the ground. I I sound like somebody going for election (laughs) in saying that. And in many ways, gosh, it's almost like it, but we've been absolutely overwhelmed since, since this book came out. Even since we started talking about bringing it out... Just the positivity that's there and the support that's there has been fantastic and it's really made it all worthwhile.
2: Yeah, like one of the things I know, I've, you know, because I've read, I haven't read it all yet but I've got a fair a fair chunk to it and I've really enjoyed it. One of the things I, I did pick up on it was the, the, the stats, the numbers of people who are interested in rugby. Like you mentioned in the book about, you know, 70% of people in Galway alone as well as, you know, I think it was over 50% in the province and this was three or four years ago this wasn't now like you can imagine what it's like now um, and I know Sean was mentioning the point that you know the, the kids out in, in um Row all wearing the Connacht jerseys and I see it all the time it's just amazing and that This is going to help bring it even on even more and show people the history of it all. And
3: and what we're hoping, and and, you know, it's in many ways it's a timeless production. I know the Pro 12 win, of course, features quite heavily with a good diary of that. But I would like to think, and people have remarked to me already, that they can see themselves, you know, finding this in a loft in 20 years' time and going cover to cover in it and enjoying it every bit as much because it's not—it's not really—it's reflective of what's happened since 1995. That was always what the book was going to be about. We just. Never envisaged we would have a a fantastic (laughs) triumph a bit of silverware after 131 years but I would like to think that people will pick it up you know and it will mean as much to them and possibly even more somebody was saying to me they now have something that they can put their match ticket into they can slot their programme into it's sort of it, it bookends a, a, a glorious year and you know I just hope and one of the things that, that you know when we sat down with Billy Stickland and James Tramby from Info and we were designing this and what we were trying to come up with and we wanted a production that we would pick up ourselves if, if, if it was produced by somebody else and you're trying to envisage who would this appeal to because while rugby is growing in Connacht it's still very small relatively speaking it's still very small you know if you wanted to make money out of a book you would bring it out about GA in these parts and yes. it, it's It's multiples of of rugby supporters. We're at at a rate of multiples, we'll say, back when I was managing Connacht, back when you and I started watching Connacht first, we're at multiples of what was then Michael Bradley remarks in the book. He would go, you know, walk out onto the pitch and he would nearly know most people by first name or he would certainly know their faces. And as he said, if there was 10 or 20 of them missing, he would notice that because that's how small it was. But one of the things we hadn't envisaged is the number of parents that were going to buy this book for their parents and they tell us because Tony Smith and Smith's Toys were very much involved in rowing. Our sons rowed together, row together for Ireland, I'm glad to say. And Tony was saying, Look, it's sure we've a couple of boxes in there. Let's see, see how it goes. And we've had to restock it. It's moved up to Claire Morris, their outlets. And what they have found is the parents are buying it, and they're buying it for the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds who wouldn't sit down to read yes. a big rugby book. Exactly. And who may only read very small parts of this. Mm. But we have 250 photographs telling a story yep. right through, and yep. one photograph better than another. It, it's uh, give credit. It, the photographs that are, are the, the best in this. I, I say that, haven't written. And that is something, you know, you would like to think that in time, a 10 year old boy or girl who picks that up now actually develop an interest in rugby develop an interest in sport it doesn't just have to be rugby we've all played all the different sports it's yeah. not one over the other and that they might stay with that sport in years and years ahead and I often tell the story you know years ago when the first year as managing Connacht we were playing Bristol in a pre-season friendly right. and um, I think I've told this story that yeah. it's um, but I, I never tire of it because I think it, it puts so much in perspective uh, we were playing Bristol in one of those pre-season ones midweek 100 people at it in the sports round Jerry Kelly or somebody mentioned gosh we've no mascot, and I said at the time we had a mobile home down in Lahinch, there was a family down there from Ross Common. I said, "Gosh, there's a young lad there. He's always got a rugby ball." Winton asked his dad, "Will you bring the young lad up? You know, we'll give him a Jersey Bank of Ireland with the sponsors. He get a bit out of the day, and he lead the team out." And he did that, and he went back thrilled out. But so did his dad. Less than ten years later, that young mascot made his Heineken Cup debut against Toulouse in the sports. So it's Dennis Buckley I'm talking about. Yeah,
2: now. yeah, yeah. And
3: I'm not saying we got Dennis Buckley into no, rugby. We? he was no. already in there through Craig's, and he developed it through Blackrock. But when we were trying to save Connacht in 2002, 2003, yes. we were saying this is we've got to keep the flagship there, keep it alive in the hope of abroad. Now we're at a stage where Connacht has to deal with success, and that can often be as difficult to deal with as, as endless yes. losing. And what we need to do now is we need to grasp 10, 12, 14-year-olds, get back out to the club, make sure yep. it's an all-embracing thing, and increase it. And it's, it's not to get them playing rugby instead of hurling or football around. Oh, no, it's to get no. them playing sport. Yes. And we're hoping, and it's one of the massive bonuses we've got, we're finding from parents, they're buying this, it might be the first thing young kids will ever get yep. related to rugby. And if it hooks them in and hooks them into sport, my God... We're walking ten foot tall as a result.
2: And, and it's something like because I like when I came over first. I, you know, we went out in Wiggins and there was three on the rates, Two of them were mine, you know, and one was John Gaffney's You know, and that was it. And then Brian O'Driscoll scores a hat trick, and then there's kids come out of the woodwork. But the one thing you always worried about, and you know, I went to Galwegians under sixteen finals. I think we reached five in seven years, and they just the guys never quite believed that they were as good as everybody else and then eventually we did win one and Sean O'Brien being you know, on that team but this sort of thing will show kids that yes, you can be from this part of the world where we mightn't have the big cities and all that stuff where it's smaller and we mightn't have as much money but it's not just about that it's about having belief and showing that you can do something as beautifully as that as well and the quality that you've got there Means that it is possible to do that without necessarily having all the money and having all the journeys and
3: the first thing you need is the dream,
2: isn't it? Exactly. You know exactly. And
3: Like you look through through that book and as I said everybody knew about two thousand and two, two thousand and three and how close it came to closing. I was shocked and we've talked about it before, when it came right? came to, to two thousand and nine where you know the place almost closed and I, I didn't realise how close it came to at that time and, no. and it's to the credit of the people that kept it alive and exactly. I credit the people in the IRFU that backed it yes. you know, and, and exactly. a lot of this a lot of the time the IRFU don't get due credit, It's it's mm-hmm. they get the bricks thrown at them, I saw it when when the initial thing uh, backed off in 2002, 2003 You know, we were back in we were trying to rebuild the team and we got great support from Eddie Wigglesworth and oh, a lot lot more in the IRFU that a lot of the time they had haven't got the credit for. But yeah. I noticed as well, you know, and anyone that reads the, 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 the chapter where Jerry Flannery is talking about his time here, and here's a guy born in Galway grew up in Limerick came to Galway to Gal regions trained it out right. in Cal- Sanctus, and yeah. because he saw this as a pathway to play for Munster that was yeah. his dream yeah. and then to play for Ireland and he achieved all of that and he is absolutely convinced that the team he was part of the one we lost because of all that grief yeah. surrounding the march where one third of the team stood up at a meeting and walked out the door four yeah. of them became full Irish internationals he is absolutely convinced that would have been the team yes. that would have brought the silver, more than likely the Challenge Cup that was one was yeah. within within reach from it, that grief, that trouble, put everything back by 10 or 12 years, mm-hmm. now we're back to that stage, there's yep. a cup up on the sideboard exactly. to have a guy from Gertrude Numera lifting it really put the tin hat in it, poor, poor, poor Tumga, because <laughs> not yeah, many of them would know Gertrude it really you know, if we did a work of fiction on this book, I think we would be accused of actually going overboard right? yes. where the local fellow who should be the hurler rather yeah, than yeah. any of this, exactly. going down. It's fairy it's stuff and you know, Pat Lam often talks to groups and talks to classes. He talks about stuff outside of rugby. Yes. You know, and we've a lot of stuff, a lot of negative stuff in this country. A lot of stuff that parents, children are dealing with, economic stuff as well. And he talks outside it. And if in the course of all this and in the course of us even charting uh, that somebody can get a glimmer of hope from something in yeah. it yeah. doesn't have to be necessarily sport but it just shows the person who's coming well down in the exams in class or who's mm. the quietest or maybe he's not fitting in there's a place there's yes. a place there yeah. these guys dreamt the people before them dreamt the people I was managing yeah. all did it just didn't happen we came yeah. close mm. was delivered for these but the first thing you need is a dream and all of this if you don't have that you're not going anywhere but now they're up there we need to move to the next level and we need to widen the circle yeah. widen the circle hugely and that's, that's going to be the key part of it.
2: it certainly is and I hope we don't widen it too far and we lose the sports ground that would be the thing I think
3: ah yeah I mean the, 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 the sports ground it, 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 it certainly needs to be you know it needs to be brought up to, to a level to accommodate a professional team the location is fantastic yes. there's no getting away from that the work that was done there by the Kevin Claddocks, the Des Ryan's the Jerry Kelly's and putting mm. so much of the infrastructure was put in place Right through that when the goodwill and money came from the IRFU it was ready to take off and, yes. and took off. Task now is to take what's there and move that to the next level because yeah. in all fairness like it's 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 a difficult venue. It's it's a difficult venue, it's fine using that as opposition to teams that but you need to grow you need to grow the supporter base. At the moment it's at eight thousand, nine thousand. Reality is you go out to Kenny Park and Atton you might have two minor hurling semi-finals and get half that crowd there in a good Sunday. Yeah. And good luck to them. And it's not that you want to take them from that. No, no. And no. I noticed looking around the sports, and I see it here tonight that people from Galway United here, yeah. Galway football, Alan Galway hurlers, right yeah. across a variety of sport Bish Rowing Club, all of those, yes, right yes. through so many other sports and schools, it's fabulous. And we need that and you know when our soccer team is going well, we need to get out and support them. Our Galway hurlers and Galway footballs, whatever team. Yeah. It's not one against the other. Other. We're from no. here. We need, we need pride, and we've got that pride before from Galway United winning the cup 25 years ago. This year, Galway hurlers, <laughs> Galway football, Connacht have now done it, yes. and we need to share that and enjoy it. Not, not, not looking to, with any degree of jealousy. Really? Yeah.
2: absolutely. No, that, that's bang on. Listen, it's a fantastic book, John. I really appreciate your time.
3: My pleasure, and, it, and enjoy the rest thank of the, thank the very night. Much indeed. Oh, that's that's
2: brilliant. brilliant. Enjoy Cheers, it. All. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.
0: should also be mentioned we said Info Photography our own craggy crew member James Crombie is from Info Photography and he has pretty much 90% of the voters in there have no doubt uh, follows connor all over the world and there's some fantastic shots by a man who's very gifted what he does William that, I think there's a Dublin launch of that book tomorrow that's going to have uh, different questions that they had last week
1: yeah. yep uh, on Taoiseach we'll be launching the book we're told in Donny and Nesbitt's a fine establishment which I've spent many happy hours uh, so go along if you're uh, if you're there folks it'll be it'll be an interesting night questions yes I think they'll, they'll, Pat Lamb might be dominating that book launch I think even that he won't be there
0: okay just before we go Alan questions on Twitter for the podcaster yeah
2: there's a very few Connacht Cows has been throwing a load of questions at us one of is um, should the next coach be Irish I don't, you know I don't know um,
0: I think your concern usually Alan is should he be Connacht more than Irish beyond that
2: yeah, I you know. You just is want he, to make sure he, any Connacht man has
0: his fair shot at it anyway.
2: Yeah, and I uh, also want to make sure that they're you know the the right they're the right coach for Connacht, whether they're Irish or American or New Zealand whatever the right coach for Connacht that fits into the Connacht thing of, of bringing Connacht on and keeping us being successful.
0: I should stress whether you're within the Connacht professional organisation and coming through it, not necessarily their actual uh, geographical positioning. We don't really mind, about that.
2: no, you just
1: get the best man for the job. Yep.
2: OK, Ciarán Carley wants to know, does Pat Lamb see his job done at Connacht?
1: No, I don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he will. I don't think he'll see his job done at Connacht until he's completed the last match. Uh, his tenure will end then, in his mind, and hopefully in the players' minds. The spectators' minds don't really matter. It's, it's, it's what actually happens behind the scenes and on the pitch but it is a difficult challenge. It'll be a real test of his uh, ingenuity. Alan. Another question,
2: this one from Martin Schorger, wanting to know if there's any info on the, co- the contract he signed in January. I didn't realize he signed a contract in January. It must have been January last year. Yeah, January, oh, January is January when last year, he signed sorry. extension. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, was it overruled? I think he's been bought out. I think that contract's been bought out, so I assume there's an extra bit of money coming into Connacht. or there a few? I'm not sure exactly which there. Um, and did Bundy and Ulton get assurances when they signed their contracts recently that... That lamb would still be around
0: yeah maybe maybe Bundy just dropped his coffee mug and that's why he was pissed i don't know
1: i i, I don't think you get assurances I don't think it works like that um no I, I maybe they did i I'm just looking it through from other sports I don't think you can ever be assured that a manager or a coach or is going to stay your contract is your contract and their contract's their contract uh they might ask them informally and of course they're, you know they're, they're young players they're going to be a bit they're just going to be their stride is going to be knocked off it must be a strange atmosphere up there right now if you were in there this is you know this is the the big person in the organisation has just been lifted out of it but they haven't because they're actually still there in the morning but it, it's just the whole way it works
2: alright last question um, there is loads more but you know we're running out of time um Gavin Grace asks, is Connacht truly an attractive job with the stadium issues? Financially, we still lag behind everybody. Um, what if this year is viewed as being a one-off or our season was a one-off and people don't think we're, we're the sort of place that they want to come and coach?
1: Uh, that's just part of the challenge. I mean, Pat Lamb took the challenge on, so you're, you're looking at somebody else who's going to have to be up for it because there are issues around. There's issues in the Pro 12 about where it's going. So, potentially, yes, but I'm sure, there's, I'm sure they will find the right person. They, they might discover that person as somebody who's in-house, but it's about getting the right person. And there's no huge rush to do this, other than coaches get signed up the same way that players do. You know, it's a fluid market. Somebody's available, and then they're not available. So you, you can't just sit back and say, well, we'll sign somebody in April. They have to work very hard on it, and get the right bit of business done for Connacht Rugby
0: that's it folks we are absolutely flabbergasted and it's Tuesday. well it's Monday this is probably good to go
2: just thank everybody who has sent in that we haven't been able to ask questions we've got a ton more questions we just don't have time so just thank you to everyone for getting in touch with us on Twitter
0: yeah we'll try and get back to you with tweets as well if we can if we didn't get back to you uh, on the podcast itself we, we may have an extra podcast coming up before the weekend I don't know we're going to go to the press conference anyways uh, I know Lindy and William and Dave will be there I'll see if I can make it myself but we'll see where we go from there but just look, stick with us you know there is a million and one places you can find relative information on rugby there's only a few places you can find stuff with informed chat and connect, and let's be honest none of them None of them follow Connacht as deeply as we do So if you want to find out what's the story behind the scenes And if you want to know And stay up to date with all the fallout from this And what's to come on the Ross game There is no better place than Gargy Rugby Pod Follow us on Twitter, rate us on iTunes Follow us on Facebook, we're working on a website In the background and we're even trying to talk to sponsors And if you are a sponsor, and you are interested in us Give us a call, and tell
1: No, it's just been a A stormy Monday
0: Stormy Monday, there you go
2: It certainly has, still recovering.